0: This episode of the Model 3 Owners Club podcast is brought to you by Dulaban Insurance. If you live in Ontario, Canada and are looking for the best price and coverage on your Tesla, give Dulaban a call at 1-855-385-4226 or visit our website at Doulibandinsurance.com slash Tesla. everyone. Welcome again to another episode of the Model 3 Owners Club. I'm your host, Trevor Page. I'm also joined by my two co-hosts, Mr. Ian Pavelko and Eric Camacho. I had a little bit of a brain fart there for a second. <laughs> guys, welcome back. How you been? Good.
1: I'm cold and full of snow. I can't actually see out the basement windows right now. It is bottom to top. I should have taken a picture of that and broadcast Seriously? to you guys. But I'm I'm sad to be here
0: and not in Florida. <laughs> That's all i got to say. Ah, we had such an epic time in Florida, and I keep thinking about it. (sighs) Yeah. For those of you who are just tuning into the podcast, uh, welcome. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing, whether you get your uh, podcasts on an app or um, you subscribe to the YouTube channel. But if you look at the last episode we did, uh, it, the show title is called A Show About Nothing. And we literally sit around with Ian and Eric and Michael and uh, Raphael, and we just have just a great old time. Uh, we we lived to up be to in the va- title. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we happen to be on vacation in Florida, so we decided to do a podcast with a whole bunch of us together. And we just ate snacks and just talked about all kinds of stuff. So um, it went over very well, so we hope to do it again. So uh, I highly encourage you, if you haven't seen that, to go and check it out. So, um, and then we came back from vacation, we decided to take a little bit of a breather because we all had a lot of fun, we went to the Kennedy Space Center and stuff, so um, so yeah, we didn't have a podcast last week, so now we're picking up where we left off, and largely because, in some ways, there wasn't a lot of Tesla news, but lo and behold, this week um, everything's just kind of fallen in our laps, so... Uh, yeah, we have a lot to cover, so let's just kind of dive right into it. Um, the first one here is the one that's been all over the internet this week, and it is Consumer Reports Pulls the Model 3's Recommended Rating. Um, I'll just bring up the article here. You guys can see what it is. By the way, the link to all of these articles will be in the, uh, in the video description or the uh, podcast documentation if you want to read it. So the bottom line here is Consumer Reports, for some reason, seems to be able to move the markets, uh, which is what this article's uh, kind of talking about here, that the Tesla uh, share price went up and down. But my personal opinion about this, and this is a personal opinion, is other than maybe my mom, like who uses Consumer Reports to, to do anything of, like I've, I've never purchased anything personally of any value, small or large, based on a Consumer Reports recommendation. So I'm rather upset that Wall Street is actually paying attention to this and reacting. That's just, it's crazy. Because this is not the first time this has happened. Um, uh, Let's see here, where's that paragraph? I'm trying to pull it up here. See the magazine, they're saying here in the article, the magazine similarly went back and forth with its ratings on the Model S and the Model X in 2017 docking points when the uh re-awarding them after the company restored an automatic emergency braking system we all remember that tesla put out the software update on the model 3. um and then the model s lost its buying recommendation again last year when consumer reports cited issues with its door handles and suspensions so anyways the bottom line is that these guys are flip-flopping all the time and it's just because tesla makes constant improvements to their cars it's like by the time they get the story out. Chances are the 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 problem that they have had with the car was already fixed, so it, it just you know if you're if you're if you're new to the show and you've reached this, it's a non-story, really, guys. Well, <laughs> what do you think?
1: The thing is, uh, it's like anything else related to Tesla news; it gets a disproportionate amount of airtime and views. Uh, you know, Consumer Reports adjust their ratings on all sorts of manufacturers and different models over the years, and I. Don't hold them so much to task over this. I mean, my initial reaction was like, really? You know, because the way they had approached it was a little bit clickbaity. But um, overall, they, they do it all the time with other manufacturers. It's just because there's, you know, 10 billion sets of eyes on Tesla. And anything that looks remotely like a fault, you know, gets 500 times the amount of attention it should. I think that's all that's going on here. I, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're, the stuff they list in the—there's uh, really only a few— faults that they list i mean the problems with the rear glass which have been extensive i had to have my own changed that's legitimate um you know and they were talking about um sorry what was the other item i just had the article up in front of me there were two items so they had the rear glass going Mm -hmm. And they were talking about uh, a couple of the niggly issues, you know, that had largely been uh, dealt with. Oh, yeah, loose-fitting body panels. My God, the gap. are we going back to gap gate? I mean, (laughs) that's employee VIN cars. I mean, that's pretty much done. You you see the odd one. But, I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about panel gaps, guys, seriously, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's much ado about nothing. Um, you know, they have a way they calculate this based on return visits and number of complaints versus cars sold. There's a whole scientific formula for it, but I think it's it's the overall media reaction to it which is blown out of proportion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Eric? Eric? Well, you know, I, I'm someone who
2: has read consumer reports in the past, have used consumer report ratings for certain things. Uh, the oh, car that I you're owned, one of those yeah. guys. <laughs> The car that I owned uh, before my Model 3 was a Honda Fit and that was on the heels of the recommendations that were uh, courtesy of the folks at Consumer Reports. So I have used it before. It's not like it's something where, you know, I, I read it and go, oh, this is hogwash. I mean, am I buying everything I can think of because of Consumer Reports? No, but have I used it in the past to kind of get an idea if I'm buying a product that's of good value? Yes. So um, with that being said, um, because they are a, um, a nonpartisan entity, they are uh, just an advocate for uh, consumers and they are, you know, going out and buying these products and giving it their test, they are just opinions at that. And so as long as they're holding everything to the same uh, uh, criterion, then you sort of have a better gauge on whether something is good or bad. That being said, I also know that they're not testing everything for every kind of product that's out there. They're not testing every wash machine, every vacuum cleaner, and every car. So um, you know, I know I know there's a lot of hubbub about this. Uh, I, I don't I don't think it's worth getting riled up as some people would. Um, I think some people read into this way too much more than anything else. Um, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, we've talked about Consumer Reports in the past and a different story. And it's more or less the same today, which is it's not it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. It is just that group of testers' opinions, and that's all it really is.
0: Yeah. So that's it. That's what's going on. Don't pay much attention to it. I, like I said, I'm just upset that Wall Street decided to take this to heart and adjust the price accordingly. It's just like, really? It's an but you can't possibly be surprised. I mean, upset, I understand. <laughs> surprised, no, at this point. Well,
2: so. I mean, look, I mean, as, as someone who sort of follows the market a little bit, I'm not by, by any means a market professional, but like Heinz, for example, po- after the market closed today, <clears> Heinz stock dropped like 20%. Um, catch you mean. Like the Heinz Company, yes, okay. the, for for those wonderful ketchup potato chips that are available in Canada, a <laughs> oh, godsend upon the masses. Did they so, discover a large gap between the cap and the bottle now? Right there, there was a <laughs> Ford had announced today uh, through an SEC filing that they too also like uh, Volkswagen had maybe fudged some figures with their emissions testing. I saw that, so. Yeah. There, there's always going to be, anytime there's any kind of news story from a company, whether it's good or bad, the market will react accordingly. When, um, if you follow sports at all here in the United States, uh, Zion Williamson, who's a player from Duke University in, in North Carolina, he had um, an incident last night uh, where his sneaker basically, like, just fell apart I as he played the game, <laughs> right? So, and Nike stock took a hit. Like the tiniest, most ridiculous stories we can think of affects the market. Um, so it's it's par for the course, if you ask me. I think it's stupid. I think people overreact to some things, but this is what we've come to know in America for how companies overreact and people look at that and go, "Oh my god!" And now the stock dropped a dollar seven. Oh no. <laughs> That's
0: yeah. pretty much it. All right. Well, on to more interesting things. Our second article tonight um, is on the ARK Invest podcast. I uh, had Elon Musk. Um, hopefully, some of you have had a chance to listen to it. Ian, I know you did, so I want you to take point on this because there was some really in- good information on there um, as far as, well, the whole podcast was really re- revolving around um, autopilot and where Tesla stands with that. So go ahead and tell us what you think.
1: Yeah, I, I hope you put a link to it, Trev, uh, Oh, I the will. the yeah. show. Yeah, good, uh, just so everybody can easily find it, because that was a good one. Uh, Elon was on fire, man. He was, he was on his A-game. He was just bang, 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 rattling off the facts. Uh, they had a lot of fun with it. Um, and uh, some interesting stuff. I think, you know, the main thrust of it being uh, autopilot and full self-driving, that's really what they were talking The, the episode's called The Road to Autonomy, and um, the first thing that struck me was early on in the show, uh, Elon says that... The feature component of full self-driving um, will be complete by end of the year, and there was no Elon time on this. He says that's a certainty. He said that with like great authority, so I tend to believe him on that one. So when we say features, I, I assume we're talking about the hardware, you know, firmware, software, whatever, in the system. Of course there's still the learning aspect of it, right? The hive mind still has to look at all the corner cases. So that's going to be ongoing. So the second part of that statement was, well, you know, when will it be good enough that the regulators accept that? And here he wasn't able to give a firm answer. His his position was, well, look, there's so many different regions and they each have their own sort of requirements, but he says we're going to have to attack them one by one and present the data. And at some point, hopefully, um, you know, in the near future, um, They'll they'll have sufficient data to be able to convince them. In terms of when uh, he thought Tesla themselves would be comfortable with the car being full self-driving, in other words, get in the car, go to sleep, wake up in another city, you know, 300 miles away. He says by the end of next year. So by the end of 2020, he feels that Tesla will have done enough testing with it uh, that they'll be confident in its capabilities. You know, to present to regulators. So uh, yeah, that's about the firmest uh, we've seen, because I think we've all been scratching our heads, you know, when is it really going to be ready? And those are two pretty solid goalposts, if you ask me, in terms of how it's coming along. Um, There was quite a bit of other stuff in the show that i thought was interesting you know like uh he mentioned they they talked for a while about how the users are important to the whole eap system you know in terms of it learning from people doing corrections on the road and how that stuff is constantly being fed up and uh fed up into the hive mind and uh, the system correcting um you know so they actually asked them you know well what about incentivizing users and i thought that was funny because we've had we've joked about that as a group you know like Mm -hmm. well what if you know instead of having the um the referral program, we can get autopilot points. You know, like yeah. drive more miles, kids on autopilot, and sure. win prizes. You know, so who knows? Maybe we should start pestering them for that. Um, but yeah, those those were some of the uh, the big takeaways for me. Um, Trev, you've listened to it. Um, what were some of the
0: things that you observed, or um, I think the one thing that really interested me was his talking about what the industry calls disengagements, mm-hmm. which is if you look at basically any company out there that's doing self-driving technology whether it's Waymo or Uber and the other guys and stuff, um, that they have a um, there is a reporting facility where they actually report on a regular basis you know kind of their findings. Tesla is nowhere to be seen in here and a disengagement is basically when the driver has to take over from the ADAS system as the automated driver assistance system That's what it's known as in the industry. And that disengagement has to be reported. Now, Tesla hasn't been reporting that because they're not running a company-wide private fleet. They're actually using users to do that. And when he was talking about disengagements, he said, that's when the system will actually record because it's always buffering video and they send that video of the disengagement up to their system so they can train and they can look at the corner cases so basically tesla's not looking at autopilot data constantly it they're using the fleet system to actually watch for oh this person took over and they can look at the data and see like where was it not who because they say that they they don't capture that data But where was it? Uh, What were the conditions? I mean, he mentioned weather and stuff. So I think when he's saying that, um, I kind of agree with what you're saying is that they're very, they're quite advanced. Um, What they're doing is they're spending most of their time now on the edge case stuff, like the really, really hard stuff. Um, He mentioned you know, uh, trying to be as reliable as possible, of course. And you know, you got that chain of nine, nine, nines. Like how many nines yeah. you need to be afterwards to be super uh reliable and you know, you need quite a bit. Uh, we're nowhere near being able to, you know, jump in the back, fall asleep, read a book. Um, I think ultimately that is the end game. Um, eventually, but uh, he wanted to make sure in the podcast that people understood that there are going to be cases where people will have to take over, um, you know, for safety reasons and stuff. So he has to be pretty clear because a lot of people, when you say self-driving, you think, well, I can just park my butt in the back. I mean, I experienced that this week when I was at the car show talking about autopilot. People seem to, you know, they think about, in as to far you know as 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 opposed Mm -hmm. to where we are right now so uh, that was really interesting to me it's just to hear about you know what they're doing as far as the disengagements are concerned and how they're kind of tackling it um i think it ties into a question that we'll answer later in the show by the way for those of you who are also tuning in we uh we answer viewer questions um so we'll answer those a little bit later in the show so um Anyways, I'll put a link down in the video description of the podcast. You can check it out. Highly recommend it, at least for listening to Elon laugh because he has a very infectious laugh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he has a good time, you can tell. Um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty good. Um, Eric, you you didn't have a chance to listen to this yet, did you?
2: That's
1: right. I haven't. I haven't heard the show.
0: Okay, yet. so we'll reserve comment on that one.
1: Last okay. uh, Just last quick point on that yep. one, Trevor, that I thought was cool is uh, he acknowledged that apparently uh, several automakers are now taking advantage of Tesla's open patents. Now, I don't mm-hmm. recall myself hearing that. It'd be interesting to know who and exactly what has actually been getting <laughs> out there into the rest of the uh, automotive uh
0: yeah thanks thanks for reminding me and that was a point that was and i forgot to write it down here to bring that up but um because they had mentioned about tesla's patents of course and everybody assumed that uh, nobody had used tesla's patents yet he even said that they were open to them um other manufacturers using their data and their system for autopilot as long as they don't overburden tesla with changes because typically in the industry um, you know, manufacturer come and it's just like the cell phone industry back in the day. Oh, we'll take that cell phone. But you know, we want this, this and this added to it. And Tesla's not interested. If you want to yeah. use it the way we intend it, fine, you can use it. But we're not making changes because we don't have those kind of resources. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting we'd never actually heard that before from Tesla. So yeah
1: yeah that was cool and and same thing with the supercharger network I mean that door we've known publicly has been open for years and years, and it still blows my mind that no one's approached them like
0: why well I think not, I know? think it goes back to what he said about autopilot don't make don't bother us with changes use it as we intended because we don't yeah. have the engineering resources to make changes just to accommodate you you either use it or you don't and that's right. I think largely that's why we haven't actually seen anything on the market yet is because they just you know still working on it yep uh bollinger. Well uh, the guys that make the um, the off road truck have approached Tesla, at least yeah, publicly. Yeah, I saw that. Right? They and did. I some... hope
1: they do it just to prove that you
0: know this can work. I agree. You know I, that that would be nice to see another manufacturer on yeah, board with. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Okay. The next article: uh, fossil vehicle sales are officially now decreasing in China, Europe, and the U.S. This comes courtesy of Ah uh, Clean Technica. I love these guys. So here's the article. Um, China is the world's largest auto market, and, um, yeah, things are changing. Um, they got this uh, chart right here. They're showing here the light vehicle sales in 2017, 2018. Um, EVs are growing, and uh, gas vehicles are shrinking. Now, this is no surprise to us. Model 3 has been decimating the market, of course, in the EV space. So, um, yeah, I want you guys to chime in here. Tell us what you think about this.
1: Well, yeah, China was, is the big success story right now. Their EV sales from 2017 to 2018 have more than doubled. Uh, meanwhile, in, in all three large markets, in the US and Europe and in China, uh, the sales of ice is now starting to decline. So this is it, kids. We've hit peak ice. It's, it's unless something big happens and there's some reversal in the next year or two. But I don't think that's going to happen we've been doing a lot of forecasting at my company and we're thinking overall the vehicle sales are probably going to shrink for the next year or two at least but the ev sales are going through the roof so you've got china that's doubled uh the uh, eu that's gone up at least 25 percent in ev sales uh year over year and then in the u.s market it's increased about 80 percent so it's pretty much the direction we're going man it's there's no turning back now
0: Yeah, that's a sentiment I had when I was at the car show this week. Um, Yeah, I'm seeing it um, not only from the people, but also the manufacturers. One of the observations when I went to the Toronto show is that in the past, um, most of the EVs used to be at the back of the booth, and now they're front and center. Kia has a whole section just on EVs. Now they have three that Mm -hmm. they're showing, but they are front and center. Um, I also went over, I mean, the e-tron, the EQC. um, So they're coming out of the woodwork. This is the start, hopefully next year, the big number that we've been talking about for many years now, 2020, is we're actually gonna start seeing some of the other cars come out. So Um, Mm -hmm. they still got a long ways to go though, because you can't replace a nice fleet overnight. It's gonna take, you know, generation to get that done. But, um, and, you know, we got, uh, you know, some countries in Europe that are banning the sales of ICE vehicles within the next handful of years. Right. So, you know, the writing's on the wall. I had another conversation with a guy. I was over at the Ford booth, and they had a, um, it's a funny story, if you'll permit me for a moment. Um, They had a Mustang. And it was sitting on its side, and you could see all the stuff underneath. And there was an older couple beside me, and I just kind of joked. And I said, you know what they need to do is rip all the guts out, put electric motors in there, big battery, and watch this thing go. And the older fella turned to me and says, I'm not interested, and it does the vroom vroom. And I said, have you driven an electric car yet? <laughs> You'll forget all about the vroom vroom. And he mm-hmm. says, well, I don't know. And I said, and "I turned around, and I said, you do know they are going to make an electric version of the Mustang, right? And he says, oh. <laughs> Funny story. Funny
1: story. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that didn't go over well. I always tell people, look, man, I'm sure somebody will make you an app if you really have to have the sound.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I the i8 has fake engine sounds.
1: Yeah, no, I know, and so does the uh, the Jag, the um, the ipace. I, mm-hmm. I freaked when I drove it. It's like, what the hell is that? It's it's digital sound, <laughs> you know. What what has
2: often baffled me are the people who are such car enthusiasts. You know, they're they're the folks who say. Listen, I you know, I I gotta have a car that does the traditional things, the sound, the pedals, you know, I don't want all the buttons and doohickeys. And I say, okay, two things. One, if you're carrying around a smartphone, you've already gotten used to having advances in technology. It's not like you're you got a phone in your kitchen with like a fifty-foot cord. It's all tangled up and bundled up that you can walk around your entire house tethered to this one line. Like, no, you have the ability to be portable. You can actually be on the phone wherever you'd like to be. Um, But more importantly, and this is something we talked about before on the show, which is cars nowadays have so much technology in it that we've sort of inundated. We're drowning people in buttons and and dials and everything else, where electric cars just kind of streamline that all the way. And people who like a simple, clean interface like they do their phone screens can have that in their car. Um, You know, so it's, you know, I understand people who are sort of like if you're if you go to like a classic car show, you like to see those old cars. But to me, I'm like, whatever, get over it it's it's we're we're at the point now where that's where we're changing and I think a lot younger people are gonna be clamoring for this from manufacturers everywhere and we're seeing more and more sneak peeks of some of these cars that are coming down
0: in the next year or so, so I that's, I will
2: that's
0: tell you this on on the German side of things I spent some time, we have a lunch <laughs> on the German cool. side of things, I spent some time um, in the Mercedes booth and all of their cars now are getting these big wide, um instrument panels that are digital displays now so the trend on the higher end market now is digital clusters so mm-hmm. needles are going away it's all going to be digital and um have you seen the Biton car like the their electric cars got that great big yeah yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. LCD panel. Wall, man. okay that's too big as far as i'm concerned but mercedes has got one that's almost the width half of the width of the dash and that is permeating most of the cars the e-class i think i saw it in the c-series um, so it's it's there. And the other one, too, is the e-tron. I actually had a chance to sit in the e-tron. And what you mentioned about the simplification of the interior, of course, Tesla started that. Elon, um, Elon e-tron is now doing that now. They have two screens and one row of buttons. So they've largely gotten rid of the buttons, too. So there's definitely a trend towards bigger screens and less buttons, at least on the electrified um, side of things. So.
2: And the performance to your point, like the performance of an electric car will take any ice car and put it to shame, oh, yeah, it, it just does, yeah, so I mean I mean we we've mentioned it previously, which is sometimes those naysayers, once you get them into an electric vehicle and then they drive the car or maybe they just ride in this the, the passenger seat and experience what it's like to have a takeoff, then they go,,
1: well, I'm yeah, not get forget it, about but it, itself. That's that's oh. something, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. We've yeah. all had that moment. I mean, yeah. I mean, I live in the world of, of automotive enthusiasts. I mean, you know, there's there's a hundred of them in our building and they're all complete <laughs> nutcases. And that, that happens weekly at our place. I'll throw someone in the cards like, Okay, you you don't get this, right? Okay, here. Just sit down, shut up, experience. Yeah. Instant converts every yeah. single
0: time. Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: And That's what it's like. uh I I, I don't know. Just just to sort of put a conclusion on it, I have a foot in both camps. Like, I absolutely love classic cars of all types, sports cars, you know, muscle cars, whatever. And I I figure if if I have enough money, I'd probably buy an old classic car at some point. I was just looking at this month's Road and Track that had a fantastic article on uh, this little closet operation in England that's restoring Datsun 240Zs. That's apparently going to be the next super collectible, restorable car. Wow, really? Yeah, and I was just drooling over them. It was like, oh, my God, that's a car I wanted since I was a kid. So those have tremendous emotional appeal to me. But going forward, like in new cars and new designs, I have zero interest at all in, in ever going back to gas. I could see owning an old classic because those cars have the purity of design and the emotion and the sound and everything about them. Yeah. But going forward, no. No, yeah. I don't, don't see the point.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, next article. Um, Tesla is nearing 300,000 Model 3 registered vins. Um, it's important yeah. to remember uh, uh, it's important to remember that vins uh, do not necessarily mean production. Tesla registers vins in advance of production. Uh, there's a website out here called Model 3 VINs, and they track this information. here you go I'll bring it up. So right now as of February 21st, Tesla has registered 294,869 Model 3 VIN numbers. If you look at the chart here you'll see that, uh, let's see here, uh, total registered and uh, they have a breakdown of all-wheel drive and rear-wheel drive. All-wheel drive um, had crossed over the rear-wheel drive variant of the car and it uh, looks like Tesla is switching back over. So I think most of the deliveries in Europe um, have been shipped over. I'm surprised people are still tracking this stuff. I mean, Bloomberg mm-hmm. is still is still doing some of this stuff. Um, what do you guys think? I mean, this thing's a bona fide hit, for sure.
1: Um, <laughs> I'm actually curious as to, to what the model breakdown is in, in Europe. I haven't seen a lot of data on that. I I've seen a lot of performance cars. Uh, it seems to be a lot of the people, maybe it's just uh luck of the draw the way I've been seeing them on Twitter and other places where they're talking about, you know, their experience and how excited they are to get the car. But I see an inordinately high number of performance cars and I'm thinking, well, logically, if you're going to start with deliveries, you know, and you want to keep the margins up, that would be the way to do it. Yeah. So I, I think that's got a lot to do with it. But then how it pans out in, in terms of how the model mix is going to be going forward, not mm-hmm. only over there, but here, uh, very curious to see uh, how that's going to work. Because i got to think there's as much demand you know, for the, the standard range car there as there is here. So how are they going to play that out? Who's going to get what, what percentage of the mix going forward when the car becomes available? Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of questions on that.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll uh, talk about standard range car a little bit later in the show. <laughs> yes, yes okay. didn't want to go any further on that. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, the next one I pulled actually came off the forum. Um, there are a bunch of guys that are following the progress of the switch over to, not the switchover, but the addition of the uh, CCS plugs over in the European market. And uh, Tesla has, as of today... Uh, is it today? Uh, I think it's of today. Yep, I got it here in front of you. Here you go. Um, 70% of the superchargers in Europe have now been converted or um, CCS chargers have been added to it. So uh, Belgium now 100%. Luxembourg 100%, uh, Portugal 100% are all switched over. Denmark is currently sitting at 91%, Austria 95%, Germany's 92%. So Tesla is moving very quickly to get these superchargers and the markets that the Model 3 is available in uh, switched over to handle these new cars. This is awesome news. I didn't think they would move this fast. It was looking a little slow there for a while towards start of the year when they just started switching the plugs over, but um, of course, nothing has been switched over in uh, in England yet because, of course, the cars are not available there. So as soon as those cars uh, start shipping, I would suspect they will get over there and switch them over. Um, I know some people are asking online whether Tesla is going to add CCS to North America. Um, there's always a chance they could do that, but right now... Um, I think because the the charging standard in North America is still very much the Tesla plug itself, I don't think Mm -hmm. there's any need for them to switch over, unless they change something in the future for some other cars, whatever. So um, it's all good news. I mean, they're moving very quickly on this. I'm very surprised. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, well, that's good news for our European friends. Moving along, let's talk about here. There's an obscure Easter egg in the Tesla app. (laughs) um for those of you who are big fans of uh back to the future movie i want
1: to know who isn't a big
0: uh, fan of that well well, if you're
1: i don't want to have a word with them if that's the case
0: (laughs) exactly so basically and i haven't tested this on, on mine but basically if you're in the u.s drive your car till you hit 121 miles Uh, Go into the Tesla app on your phone. This has nothing to do with the car itself. It's in the Tesla app. Tap on the battery at the top, and magically, you will get a pop-up screen that will say, um, you know, uh, something along the lines of uh, flux capacitors enabled or something like that. And it literally changes everything in the app over to references to Back to the Future. So 121 is 1.21 gigawatts. I don't know if he ever pronounced that properly, but that's what it is. Anyways, what the hell takes- is a gigawatt? What? 21 gigawatts? Anyways, uh, right. so anyways, it's, it's a fun little Easter egg. Um, I'm going to try and find some time this week. Maybe if I get brave enough, run my car down. Um, I suspect if I hit 121 kilometers, it may do the same thing too. Um, but I'll have to test it. Maybe switch it over to miles and see if I can get it to go that yeah. way. So either way, team,
1: team, team Canada has to do some research <laughs> on this because we've been peppered with questions. So, Did it uh, happen at 121 uh, kilometers? As, or as it...
2: we're taping the show, it is now uh, 8:54 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday, February 21st. and The Stage One uh, rocket has landed. Yes. On the course, I love you. Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice.
0: Third time that. SpaceX. Third time that core has flown.
2: Yeah, right. we're, we're space geeks all the same. We mentioned oh, at yeah. the top of the show we went to Kennedy Space Center uh, when our friends from Canada were down here visiting Florida. Uh, a group of us went. It was a great uh, entourage trip that we had. But it, we're also space geeks. And so tonight uh, when we're taping, the SpaceX just launched uh, a rocket for the third time and has had its third successful uh, landing back here
0: on Earth. So awesome. the same SpaceX. One. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I'm done the right. podcast, I'm going to go and watch yeah, nice. the, uh, the feed again. So unfortunately we uh we went down to Florida, went to KSC. We were hoping to possibly see a launch, but of course the demo yeah, yeah. one flight uh has been delayed until early March. So we'll have to watch that online. Of course, Eric, you're in a position to perhaps be able to drive up if you have to. And you can actually oh watch
2: boy, goody.
0: <laughs> so yeah, we'll watch no that with beta breath. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, anyways, uh Basically, there's a lot of references to, um, you know, uh, Back to the Future. It changes your car no matter what car you have into a Model X. Um, anyways, a lot of fun. Go ahead and try it. It's non-destructive, um, and you can do it anytime right now. You don't need any particular software update on your car. It's just built into the app, so lots of fun. Again, Tesla engineers um, like to have fun, and uh, this one was really obscure. I think it must have leaked because nobody found it until, like, somebody saw it. So, uh, yeah. yeah, they spent yeah. some time on this, and and we're just waiting for somebody to find it.
1: Now, I want to know, how bad do you think the dev team wanted to make that activate instead when you hit 80, 88 miles an hour in the car? I mean, you know, for obvious reasons, they couldn't do that. <laughs> but how bad do you think they wanted to do it?
0: I can imagine. Yeah, I, can imagine. I just got it.
1: 88 miles per hour!
0: And somebody's seen the movie many times
2: <laughs> oh my god it's one of my favorite movies all oh, me time
0: gosh yeah let's well, not uh, this is not a movie review show but uh yes go ahead and watch it lots of fun all right we need to spend a little time here and talk about century mode now unfortunately ian and i do not have it in canada because it's u.s only at this point Yep. eric you have early access now as part of the referrals but you have yet to see it so all I we can ins- see,
2: I have not seen it yet. I don't know if it's one of those updates that will come to the car only when you're on Wi-Fi. There's no indication of that as of right now. Yeah, uh, I try to keep my car on my home Wi-Fi as often as I can, but so far I've had no luck getting the update.
0: So I will say this: if you want to see how century Mode actually works, I highly recommend you look at the Tesla YouTube channel, Tesla Raj. Shout out to Raj for doing such a great. A uh, couple of series of videos on on the whole thing. Um, when when he first looked at the uh, sentry mode and did his video, there were several bugs in it. Um, namely, the uh, warning chimes for the blind spot monitoring was rolled into that update. That didn't work. Um, there were a few other things too. I mean, the release notes, I think, made reference to rocking the car. That didn't seem to do anything. Pounding on the car activates it. Um, if you have dog mode enabled and you get sentry mode, it doesn't go back into dog mode. Now, uh, Raj does um, relate that they did send out another software update um, shortly, I think almost the day after, that, or two days after, that fixed some of those issues. I think there were five bugs and they fixed uh, two out of three, um, mm-hmm. and I think there's yet another software update, or maybe not. I think he just tweeted something about today about the warning chimes working for the alarms on the... So anyways, it's not it's not bug free yet um but it is a step in the right direction and i'm hoping that it helps catch some of the um or prevent at least some of the break-ins that have been happening of course because it is rampant down in the bay area on san francisco um, yeah and so those
2: cookie monster thieves you better
1: watch out for those guys too
0: yeah if you if you monster.
1: haven't seen it yet, look up the tesla They're they're, they're, oh, they're a little
0: one <laughs> on uh, the cookie monster that is epic yeah. i died yeah. when i yeah. saw that So I'm hoping it fixes some of that stuff. Um, I did put out a tweet, uh, I think it was yesterday, the uh, Fremont Police Department had caught 11 suspects, um, part of a a crime ring or something like that for car break-ins. I'm hoping some of those people uh, were responsible for some of that stuff, but... yeah. Regardless, if uh, sentry mode, the fact that it actually records and puts out alarms um, in the form of um, obnoxious music, because let's face it, we've become rather desensitized to car alarms. So if they put this obnoxious music in and this information spreads to the th- crime community as fast as the fact that you can break in these Model 3s without setting the alarm off, hopefully it'll put a stop to the whole thing. So. I hope anyways. One does hope, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So we will talk more about century mode once the rest of us plebs get it. <laughs> Some of us are more privileged than others. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Uh, let's see here. Another article. Uh, Sonic uh, Automotive president says Model 3 is uh, getting in our shorts. Uh, this article comes to us courtesy of Tesla Roddy. So, um, Eric, you want to talk about this real quick? Well, I saw
2: the story today, uh, courtesy of uh, our friends at Tesla Roddy. And what's interesting about it? So, this is the, uh, the the president of the third largest auto dealership in North America. And it's impressive because this is really you know his you know a high level position executive essentially saying that we're aware of what the impact is on the ice market because of electric vehicles specifically referencing Tesla. So the question was posed to him about Model three and in so far how it's affecting sales of BMW and Audi and other uh, luxury brands. And uh, yeah, for, for him to essentially just sum it up, and you know they're they're making an impact. It's it's something they're cognizant of uh, is really really important because that goes to what we've been talking about on the show a number of times in the past, which is that electric vehicles are here to stay. And for Tesla to have done what it's done in the time that it's done it, and you know essentially put all the naysayers to sleep, even though they're still out there <laughs> trying to. You know, put fuel on some imaginary fire they're creating. Uh, the The truth of the matter is, when it comes to tangible figures, when it comes to actual trackable numbers, um, you know, folks like this gentleman have made it a point to say, no, it's it's really real. It's having an effect on on what we're selling. Uh, so hopefully, that'll encourage them to uh, encourage their automakers that they work with to have more electric vehicles in the market as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, I think these guys are going to have to adapt, whether they like it or not. You think? Yeah. (laughs) Well, remember, these guys are franchise dealers. They don't have access to the Tesla cars to sell. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure they want a piece of that pie, which is probably.
2: (laughs) I bet they wish they would. Exactly.
0: Exactly. You know. So, yeah, uh, Tesla's, um, yeah, hurting um, other manufacturers in some ways. All right, moving along. (laughs) Moving along. Let's see here, Uh, I want to talk about the very, very briefly, um, the video that I did uh, this past week on the standard interior uh, Model 3. Now when I did the video a lot of people commented, and if you haven't seen it I'll put a link down in the video description you can see it, Um, they said some of the comments were saying well there's nothing really new you're just spitting out what was on the Tesla website. Yes and no. You have to understand what Tesla puts on the website doesn't specifically say what the standard interior has. It just says what the premium interior has. Now, you can make some conjectures as to what they're going to pull out. But um, I have a source who has been very reliable who gave me some uh, some specifics. Um, now, I'm not going to rehash them all. You can go and watch the video. I highly recommend you do that. Um, but one of them was um, <clears throat> the fact that... Uh, the center console, I want to talk about this real quick because the center console apparently will not have cover, covers. So, you know, you have the armrest and you have the two covers and then the phone dock and stuff. So, apparently, that's not going to be present. I don't know what that's going to look like personally, unless they change the center console to make it a little more like a yacht floor that it was in the Model S originally. I don't know. Um, so, some of the specifics that were in there were not known. Things like, you know, we knew the seats were going to be manual. However, I was told that the power lift is going to be there. Everything else is going to be manual. Everybody assumed that everything was going to be manual, but it's part and part. So, we'll see how it plays out. The other little bit was. Uh, leasing. Now, there was an internal email that was floating around. I think uh, the guys at Electric got a hold of it, whatever, talking about leasing on the Model 3 that was going to be available within two weeks. Tesla's refuted that. I was told through a source that it's still a few months away, so it's not going to be two weeks. It's still a little ways away. Uh, Remember, Tesla right now can sell every car that they can make cash. There's no need to do any kind of leasing. Leasing is um, you have to look at it from the book's perspective as far as their concern is a liability. Um, they want profits. Leasing doesn't help that too much, um, but they do realize that people need to be able to lease cars because let's face it, most of the car sales in North America are leased these days. So I think they do recognize that they have to offer a lease. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Um, so my predictions, probably around the time the standard Model 3 probably arrives, maybe a little bit later or something like that, but definitely I think by the end of the year. Any thoughts on that before we go on? I agree. Okay. Good for me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we end the show, uh, well, I'm not actually in the show because we're going to get in some uh, viewer comments and questions. Um, Two PSAs. Number one, check your loot boxes. Um, If you have referrals, check the loot box on your Tesla app because february 28 which is next week is the last day that you can claim any of these referrals and uh, if you don't claim them they're going to go bye-bye and you're not going to get them so if you haven't done that yet you're going to lose yes Mm -hmm. so yeah you want
2: you want that amazing hat get your hat you want to get your uh picture in the space kids do that too you want to get your forest wheels get in there just Open the app. So a uh, real quick backstory uh, that earlier this week, I went ahead and went to my app and I was trying to get the hat like last week and the app was just not working very well. Mm-hmm. So I tried it again the other day this week and all of a sudden I'm like, whoa, 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 what is this? And I had all of a sudden some more rewards in my account. I was like, well then alrighty." So <laughs> now I have the option to get the, uh, the software updates and all kinds of cool stuff. But yeah, go in there, make sure if you do not claim them, they're going to go away. And if you worked hard to get people into the cars and you got those referrals, make sure you take advantage of the time that you have. Just get in there, tap the thing, get your address, submit the stuff What you got gonna do, just make sure you do it before the end of next week.
0: Even if you don't think you have referrals, check the loot box anyways. You may yeah. have gotten a referral and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's our PSA number one. Second PSA, model three, snow chains for the 20 inch wheels. Mainly the ones that are on the Performance Model 3 are available in the Tesla shop. So if you want a set of these, they're $290 US. It only works, again, on the 20-inch wheels that are on the Performance Model 3. You can still get snow change for the 19-inch wheels. Um, <clears throat> if you order the sport wheels on the Model 3, those are available <clears throat> on the site as well. So if you need those, God forbid, um, you can buy them. They're available. Okay. Well, we come down to the tie, uh, to the part of the show that we really like, and that's answering viewer questions. So uh, let's jump in here. I know you, you guys have been active in this here today. <clears throat> so some yeah, of them might I, be repetitious, but that's okay.
1: Go ahead, Ian. I, yeah, I was going to say, I tried to rattle off as many of them as I could. Um, you know, we, we should maybe just go over some of the answers for people who don't have Twitter or didn't see them or whatever. So we can, we can probably run through uh, most of them briefly. Sure. But... Um, I don't actually have them all on the screen. Trevor, you're just going to rattle yeah, uh, them off for us? Here well, we, go. Well, there we go. I was, I I
2: was going to okay. say, I was gonna say one, one thing I do want to add here, sometimes we do get questions that are very specific to the person who is asking it, and it's not a question that would apply to a lot of our listeners. Um, that's okay. We try to answer as many questions as we can, both on social media and in the show. Uh, But, again, if you have a question that even if you think it's not going to be a a very popular question, maybe it's specific to you, that's fine. You can always just ask us on Twitter. Let us know that, hey, listen, I'm fine taking this answer offline. We're always happy to answer questions even when we're not doing a show like we haven't done for a couple weeks. Uh, But, yeah, just bear in mind that sometimes these questions may not apply to you, but it does affect at least a good number of members and audience. Sure.
0: Well, I'll take the first one. Um, One of our Twitter followers, Kenneth K, asked, if autopilot option is not selected, is there just a standard set speed cruise control available? And I answered, I said, well, I'm hoping you mean enhanced autopilot. Then yes, basic cruise control is included with every Tesla. This is a bit of a a confusing part because Tesla doesn't specifically say cruise control. They mention cruise control or traffic-aware cruise control as part of Uh, enhanced autopilot. So a lot of people seem to think that you have to buy enhanced autopilot in order to get cruise control. The answer is no. If you don't buy enhanced cruise control, you'll get basic cruise control, which is set a speed, that's it. Enhanced autopilot gives you Traffic-aware cruise control, which activates the radar, so it will lock onto objects or cars in front of you and follow the speed, slow out, slow down, and all that other stuff, and it gives you auto steer. The state, uh, the other thing too, is safety features that Tesla has, things like automatic emergency braking, the new Sentry mode, that is included with every car as well. That's just part of their package for, for, um, for safety. So I hope that answers that question. So once again, you do get basic cruise control. All right, let's go on here, let's get another one here. Um, Ian, you had answered Roger G. He says, when I turn on the seat heating, um, the seat heat using my phone app, all the seat heaters come on. Is there a way to not have them on unless I click on the individual seats?
1: Yeah, this is fascinating. I'd love to hear back from everybody else who's you know been playing with the app since that was launched. What I found was uh, a couple of days into first having it. This has been months now. We've we've had the feature. When you go in and you you know um, start conditioning the car, the seat heaters would all come on automatically at cold temperatures, and, so at all five positions. Now, if you just tapped the driver's seat, um, all of the remaining would turn off and your 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 driver's seat on would go down one notch whatever you had it. so if mm-hmm. they all came on at full power three bacon waves then the driver's seat would drop to two and the other four positions would drop out um it took me a while to figure that out because when i started goofing around with the other seat positions you'd, you'd get into the strange cycle where they would all shut off they all shut <laughs> off then i discovered ah the trick is just touch the driver's one bang It stays on, the others go off. That's super practical. Great. You don't have to go and knock them all off. About a week ago, that seems to have disappeared. And now you have to individually shut them all off. So, you know, the three back seats and the passenger, you have to go knock them off individually. So, like three, two, one, three, two, one, three, two, one. Um, I don't know why that is or what else they can do about it. I'm, um, not one to rant and complain about it. I think this is definitely in the realm of hashtag world problems. <laughs> I have to press the button five times to shut off my remote controlled electric seats. Yeah. You I'm know, just,
0: like when we, <laughs> I'm just trying it on my car right now. That's why I'm yeah. kind of looking down here.
1: But, but, uh, no, I, I, I get. I get the question and uh, i was just as perplexed when this happened it was kind of like wow i I thought they had that beautifully figured out just tap the drivers once bang they all go out now you can just set the drivers where you want it but uh not the case for now uh, this,
0: this one here if i put it on three bacons it remembers if i turn the climate control off and then back on again it remembers if i put it at one and i turn it off
1: now, we see once you've touched it, once you've been in there and you set it, now it's only going to remember to turn on the driver's seat. You have to go in pull <laughs> turkey when the car hasn't, you know, when the car's been asleep for a while and then you'll see them all come on. And then you'll, yeah, it. I yeah. mean, uh, Eric, if you want to try it, I don't know if yours would do it, the temperature I, temperature
2: I'm not it in the temperature. I'm not here to make fun of anyone. I, I obviously don't have this problem because I generally have <laughs> never had an opportunity to use it. So I, I can't really attest to how it works. Um, I, d- I do find something of interest that oftentimes when there's been some update to the app, something else that was working before is not working now. It's it's, it's, it's a rare thing. It could just be that the version I have just didn't download completely. Um, so worst case scenario, if you think your <laughs> bu- if your app is sort of being weird, um, just delete the app, reinstall it, and see yeah. what happens. If it's the same thing, then it's, it's a feature, not a
1: bug. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's good. I, I might actually try that myself just to see what happens to the seat heaters. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's go on to another one, um, Ian. You're engaging someone known by the man. He says, "By now, it's obvious that autopilot two has some issues. Um, some due to driver, and some due to software uh, that needs a tune-up. Traffic-aware cruise control and summon are most useful to me. Can one activate those two only, or does auto uh, or does autopilot on navigate uh, have to be active?" Also, um, yeah, I
1: mean, you know, and that's that's a great question. A lot of people don't understand that when you uh, order EAP, yeah, you get both functionalities and they're independent. So, the way it works is it's it's the right hand stock, so the shifter uh, lever, basically. So when you're driving along, if you just tap it down once. You'll get uh, TAC, Traffic-Aware Cruise Control, or Adaptive Cruise, as a lot of people uh, call it. So the car will hold a certain speed if there's no one else on the road, just like regular cruise. And then if you come up behind a slower car, well, then it'll adapt its speed to that slower car. And that's awesome in traffic because right down to zero miles an hour, you know, you don't have to monitor the speed anymore. The car just follows whatever's in front of you. So that's with one tap. With two taps, then the car goes into uh, full – Autopilot. In which case, not only do you have the adaptive cruise control, but you've got this, uh, the uh, the steering. the The auto steer is engaged. So now the car steers at the same time. So you can do one, or you can do the other. And of course, now we have the third level: navigate on autopilot. But you know, that's just really adding the whole on ramp, off ramp thing to the to the equation. Now you have to have uh, EAP in order to have the adaptive cruise. So as Trevor was saying earlier, if you buy the car without the autopilot option, you're just getting regular cruise control. Whereas if you want the adaptive cruise in this case, that's what the request was for. Unfortunately, that's not an option at this stage. I, I myself had, had that request, you know, like I thought that would be a cool thing to do in future is have three levels. So basically regular cruise have adaptive cruise or, or tac, and then full you know, the, the autopilot option. But I don't know if Tesla's ever going to go there. Um, what I found interesting, though, is uh, if you could just throw that back up on the screen there yeah. for a for sec, Trev, is we then got into a little further discussion is um, this gentleman had a concern uh, that, you know, he... he, he doesn't seem to have a lot of faith in the autopilot system, like been reading about glitches and braking on overpasses. And I just want to reiterate that, yeah, early early days of EAP, there was some really buggy stuff. I mean, I know on um, the very early VIN car that I rented uh, back in August when I went to California, uh, I, I, on a few occasions, I got the, the the sudden phantom braking thing. And it seemed to me every time you were climbing a hill where an overpass would yeah. appear on the horizon, it would detect it as a solid object and it would freak out. And that seems to be sorted. And I mean, you know, I just went to Florida and back with with the the EAP on a good portion of it. And I have to say it performed spectacularly well. So I would not have reservations about its performance. And if we can go back to um, the ARK Invest podcast for a moment, uh, you know, Elon says the the data is absolutely indisputable now. You know, like autopilot is one and a half to two twice as safe as a human driver now you know the data on that is solid mm-hmm. so there's there's no if ands or buts it's like you can't really have a safe is it perfect no it's not perfect it mm-hmm. does the odd weird thing that's why we have to watch it but there's no
0: question it's of tremendous safety value and it works very very well okay Uh, Just going back to the Twitter feed here, Uh, another user, Aya, uh, says, how to buy road hazard warranty tires on Model 3 on the day of delivery? Reach out to Tesla and the tire manufacturer, Michelin Tires, but to no avail. You had answered him. Go ahead and answer that one.
1: Yeah, this is a... a I think you're rarely, maybe some brave manufacturer or car manufacturer is going to go in on a limb here and offer that. But I don't see them doing it because it's kind of like if no one else does, it's like the secret pact. It's like, OK, none of okay, if nobody's offering what it has. OK, we're not going to do it either, you know, because it's just, you know, it's it's a cash sinkhole for for the car company. And the tire company is certainly not going to do it because they virtually break even on all the OEM contracts. When, you know, you look at um, the prices that they sell Uh, Tesla or any of the car companies. I mean, it's basically it's a mass volume proposition for them. What they're doing is they're subsidizing the cost, you know, they're sort of amortizing the cost of their operations by, you know, in, in some cases, 30, 40% of their production goes to OEMs. Um, but it's a loss leader product. So there's just no margin, they don't make enough profit on the sales of these tires to Tesla or other car companies to be able to afford to have an insurance policy like road hazard to, to replace tires that get damaged. So I don't think it's something you're going to see out of Tesla or anybody in the short term. Um, it's not that, you know, uh, that it can't be done, but I just think as an industry, I don't see anybody doing it. And I don't know of any third-party companies that offer it either as an insurance thing. I, mm. You can get that on a lot of replacement tires, and, <coughs> and a lot of a lot of tire shops will sell you a third-party policy to cover it. But uh, directly from a car manufacturer, I don't know of a single case where it's ever been
0: done. No, I have bought a used car before, and um, I bought the extended warranty, and it had some kind of component on there. But it's wasted money because I never used it. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people
1: like it for the, the the peace of mind that it offers. But, yeah, you'd have to try and find some third-party warranty company. And, you know, when you do that as a single line item like that, it's probably going to be more money than it's worth.
0: Okay. All right. Let's go back to the Twitter feed here. We'll answer maybe a couple more. <clears throat> um, Yannick Letourneau says, uh, or asks, um, there are rumors that the standard range is going to be a mid-range software locked battery. Is that realistic? I'll answer that.
1: I'll answer that. You go, you go.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, I don't think so. Um, Just for those of you who may not be aware... Tesla has done software locked batteries before, but it's only ever been on the Model S where they have much bigger profit margins. Um, there was a time when they had a 75 kilowatt hour battery pack that was software locked to 60 kilowatt and you could uplo- and you could unlock it uh, later on for a certain cost. Um, I don't think too many people took them up on that offer because the price delta was just too high. Now, in the case of Model 3, um, if they were able to do that today, we would have the standard range car, but the profit margins are not there. I mean, Elon's going on and on, of course, on every opportunity saying we're going to get there, but we can't right now because we got to reduce the cost. The thing you have to remember is that on the surface, it may sound easy. Sure, take the current battery packs off lock it off. You're done. But the problem is, is that you have the extra costs of the cells in there, because if you don't know this, on a Model S that has a software locked battery pack, it is a physically a fully loaded battery pack with all the cells. Other battery packs that were not software locked that were lower, let's say the original 60 kilowatt hour battery pack, um, it physically had less cells in it, and that's how they're keeping the cost down. So based on what they've done for the Model S and the Model X in the past, um, I fully believe that's exactly what they're going to do for the Model 3. They just got to get the cost down on the other stuff so that they can get around to making a smaller battery pack with less cells in it. So like I said, if they were able to do it, they would do it now, but they can't because the margins are not there yet. So um, it would be nice if they did that, but um, they just, I don't think they have the margins in it. You can do that with a car that's $140,000 with a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack and limit it to 75 and hope that some people upgrade down the road, but uh, I don't think the margins are there for them to do that. So thank you for the question, Yannick. If if it happens, then great. Uh, it's good for everybody, but... Um, no way, no
1: how is that happening. I mean, they're going to be counting right. plastic slips and screws to get down to the
0: $35,000 car. Adding yeah. extra cells to it would be suicidal. Yeah. There is a documentary, and you can watch it on YouTube, on the development of one of the recent Mustangs um, internally at Ford. And one of the discussions that one of the engineers had on there was like, uh, they were talking about, well, <clears throat> um, what if, you know, let's just add this part to the car. Well, that car, that part costs us a dollar. You multiply that by how many cars that you're making and stuff. We're talking about some serious money here. So it's literally down to pennies. Elon's even said that before. So, um, yeah, they, they just can't do it yet. All right, let's go on here. We'll go back to Twitter. And uh, Twitter uh, follower named Blue, B-L-U. Thank you for the question. Um, when is the standard version realistically going to come out? Uh, of course, we're assuming about the $35,000 Model 3. We've talked about this on the show. I think our best guess is not until at least the third quarter of this year. Um, personally, if, if you if you look at it this way, I know a lot of people, including myself and my wife specifically, are waiting for the standard range <laughs> Model 3. I know I get the question all the time. When are you getting a Model 3, Trevor? Um, my wife will be getting the Model 3, not me. All right. Wait, and, you, you mean you host a show called the Model 3 Owner's Pub Club Podcast? You're not even an owner? What kind of stuff is
1: this, Trevor?
0: hmm Exactly.
1: I still see you getting trolled for that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. It happens. Whatever. (laughs) Anyways, I made my bed. I got to sleep in that. Anyways. Yes, (laughs) you did. (laughs) Um, We've talked about this before. And um, the way I look at it is this. Uh, I understand there's a lot of people who've been waiting a long time for the standard range Model 3. Many people who have not been on the Tesla bandwagon um, thought that they would see the car on day one, and that's just not Tesla, that's not how they operate. I think personally, as long as there is demand for the high-end margin cars, Tesla is not in any rush to bring out a low-end car. They will milk this for as long as they can. And then once that they see demand has maybe plateaued or slowed down a little bit and if their margins allow them that's when we will see the car that's my personal opinion it's just what's the rush they they're they're selling every car that they make now on high-end margins they're going into europe it's like yeah it's upsetting for the buyer who's waiting for the car but as far as tesla's concerned it's it's margins
1: I'll I'll tell you what the the rush is. At some point, there will be people with uh, torches and and pitchforks at the <laughs> well, Fremont factory. I, I just, well, that day will I come, think, and I don't. I mean, blame not only
2: them. that, but we're we're fast approaching three years from yeah. when the reservations were opened. Yes, uh, I think for some folks that's a concern if they're waiting for that car. But also, there are going to be some people. If if the, let's say deliveries were to start in the third quarter, then you're looking at the near exhaustion. Of the federal tax credit here in the U.S., unless for some reason Congress decides to enact a new program. So, for people who are trying to capitalize on any savings they can get, if you're looking at from July 1st through December 31st, you know $1,800 in change in tax savings, which you know not everyone would be able to receive the full amount. Um, that does make a difference if they're getting their car in June, or if they get their car in July. True. So. You know, o- overall, it, you know, we, I mean, look, we're we're empathetic to those who have been waiting this long. I mean, I know for myself, it the wait for even getting my car was a long wait. It's um, a I can't imagine having to wait another year, 14 months, 16 months <laughs> on top of that, too. So, um, you know, it is, it's a question we get asked all the time, even when I'm out and about, oh, is that the Model 3? Oh, when's the standard range coming? We get asked it. Um, but I, I think, you, you know, it's the, the finish line is very near. It's like running a marathon and you realize, oh, my God, I've made mile 22 and there's still four miles to go. But you're you're near the finish line. So, um, yeah, it's it's a long wait. It, re- it really is. But like I said, I think I think for those two reasons, that's probably why some people are sort of anxious to getting an answer, because they're they're still sort of left in, in the dark about it.
0: All good points. All right, let's go back to the Twitter feed, and we'll answer one more question for tonight. This one comes from Steve Fox. Hopefully, guys, you can see this at the bottom here. He says, "Any rumors on hardware three rollout to owners that purchased full self-driving? Seems like the superchargers, no, not superchargers, service centers are swamped. Uh, Don't know where uh, where they will find the bandwidth to do these upgrades." Well, that's valid. However. Anecdotally, and I don't have all the information, very few people actually purchased full self-driving. Um, because it doesn't exist as a real product yet, I don't think too many people have bought this. So personally, I don't think that for them to do the upgrade on the computer, and largely the computer is right behind the glove box. So it's we're not talking about something that takes a full day to do here. We're just talking a matter of you know swapping it out, maybe an hour's worth of, of work. And then a few miles, of course, you have to do for recalibration of the system on your part when you get the delivery. But I don't, I don't personally see this as being a problem for people to do that. Um, I know people are probably going to ask in the in, in the comments, of course, because it's something I field on, on Twitter quite often, is, uh, when do I get the hardware, like, do I need to purchase full self-driving or is that separate from the computer? Look, the bottom line, oh no, I know what it is. People are asking, should I wait for hardware three cars to be available before I purchase full self-driving? And the answer is no. No, because the cost of full self-driving, whether you have it built into the car or whether you purchase it after the fact and you don't have it in your car, includes the hardware upgrade. So Tesla's kind of betting for the few people that have actually purchased it, we're just going to give them the computer and then eventually we roll it into the car as well. Then it becomes real gravy for them, I think. Uh So either way, you don't need to wait. And even if you do, if you want to buy it, the price is not going to change unless Tesla increases the price, which they are want to do <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> um, so, yes, if that's interest to, uh, to you, I would definitely recommend you buy it right now instead of waiting because, A, you're going to pay a penalty, and, two, you run the risk of them increasing the price if they see demand start going up because that's just the Tesla way. Thoughts?
2: I. Yeah, I mean, we, we've seen this time and again in Tesla's history where price changes occur. You know, today I'm like, I'm going to get a silver car. And then 24 hours later, uh-huh. wait, I, I can't get a silver car. Uh-huh. So if it's available, get it. If you know you like, if you know for 100% you want to get it, order, order it now. You know, contact your store and just get it. Um, you know, we we mentioned on Twitter how you can sort of get it through the Tesla app or I'm sorry, your Tesla account. Uh, and see it there uh if you're not seeing it just call tesla just get a hold of some customer service representative and you know just let them know like hey i want to get full self driving added to my vehicle and it's, it's just a software addition for now uh once the hardware becomes available so it'll be uh you know just get it now when you can
0: yeah just to go back to what you were just saying because um earlier in the twitter feed here i'll bring it up hopefully people can see it here uh calvin uh let's see if i can bring it up here calvin young a good friend of mine was asking um it says uh um, about the talk of Hardware 3. Is it possible to buy it um, if I didn't take a delivery? And I responded to him and I said, well, you can you can buy it through your Tesla account. And he went through and he says, I can't find it in my Tesla account. I don't know if it's a Model 3 specific thing, but uh, full self-driving, mm-hmm. something I can buy. But I have to go into my Tesla account, click Manage be- uh, beside my car, and then scroll down to the bottom, and it's a separate line item, yeah. and you can purchase it right then mm-hmm. and there. So if that's of interest to you, check your Tesla account. You can't do it in the car. can't do it through the app. Just log into your, 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 uh, your Tesla account. Well, um, unless we have any closing comments, anything uh, going on this week that we need to tell anybody about? Guess not. <laughs> Cars and coffee is over with.
2: <laughs> i i want to i want to just again quickly thank those that came out to cars and coffee and everyone who's been mm. supporting the show we've had a lot of people in the last couple weeks say where's the show what do you what are you, yeah. what are you guys doing uh we were off last week for valentine's day we appreciate that because we were all able to spend it with our loved ones uh but we're we're we were all very very excited this week to be back uh in front of our screens talking to you fine folks uh so once you're listen to us in your cars or listen to us uh through your other favorite podcast app or your watch tube. We thank you again for being such great supporters of the show. Uh, we are so humbled and so appreciative of all our followers and our listeners. So thank you so much. And we appreciate uh, you guys waiting so long for us to come back.
0: Yes. And uh, as a closer, Eric, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? if They want to have a chat with you. <laughs>
2: Sure, you guys can stalk me uh, on Twitter (laughs) at at the handle ECFIX, that is E-C-F-I-X, on Twitter.
0: And uh, Ian, where can people find you?
1: Uh, two best places are uh, at Ian Pavelko. Um, yes, that t-shirt. would be on Twitter. Uh, you can also find me on the Model Three Owners Club uh, forum under the handle Mad Hungarian. Uh, be sure to hit me up on either place with a private message or just an open thread or whatever you want. I'll be glad to help you out with anything I can. And then finally on uh, Teespring.com, you can yes, look sir. up Mad Hungarian Evolveware. And uh, as Mr. Camacho is uh, so elegantly doing here, you'll see the turn around again, adoption. Vanna. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's it. It. and once again from the front the wma weapon of mass adoption model 3 shirt uh which is the latest in the evolve wear lineup and uh yes so teespring teespring.com trev i'm sure you'll be good enough Always. to uh, put that in the show notes. and then i'm going to do a little special for our man <gasps> earl the earl of frunk oh, puppy. My, yes i am wearing my got frunk puppy shirt yes which i hope you guys can see there
0: and i left mine on. in your car by the way
1: you uh, did <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. But anyway, I just wanted to get that out there. So, yes, if you go to frunkpuppy.com, you can get this amazing shirt. You can uh, support the frunk puppy cause, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. So, big shout out to Earl there. Go to frunkpuppy.com, get your shirt. And, Earl, I apologize. I was supposed to coordinate a group photo of all of us wearing our frunk puppy shirts at KSC, but uh, that was kind of like herding cats that day. Oh, so come I just- on! <laughs>
0: We were having too much fun that day. We
1: were having way too oh, much fun. So much fun. So yeah, some, some some of the things fell off the agenda. That
0: was one of them. But I <laughs> promise I've got something else in mind. We'll, we're going to hook it up. Don't worry, okay, Earl. We'll make it happen. We've got, We've got your back. Awesome. Well, thanks, gentlemen. And as usual, if you want to find me, you can follow me on Twitter, the handles and Model 3 Owners. Uh, don't forget the model 3 owners club m3oc.com model 3 owners club.com online forum is free to you for you to join it is absolutely the best place to discuss model 3 forget all that facebook stuff the forum is better we have a search yeah. function that actually works and uh yeah, I want to say a great big thanks to our Patreon sponsors. You can find that at patreon.com forward slash model three owners club. They are the guys that actually help pay the bills. And last but not least, a big thank you to our three sponsors. That's Evanex, X, Insurance, and Fine Lads Ceramic Coatings. We will see you next week. Thanks for joining in, everyone. We'll see you next time. Good night. Bye-bye. out <laughs> of